All right, Colossians chapter 1, we're kind of going backwards, we did chapter 2, or part of chapter 2 last time. <laughs> Tom, you, you relate to this, I, I uh, was studying, preparing for this message, and, uh, and I, I ran across a particular verse as I was just going through this in Colossians chapter 1 verse 9, and and I thought, well, this is a good introduction. I'll use this. Well, it turned into the message. <laughs> so the introduction is now the message this morning. And we'll see where it goes from there. But um, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm grateful for the truth of God's word. And this, this church is called what? The House of Prayer for All Nations. All right. Uh, so in some ways, it's almost like I'm speaking to the choir this morning. But... Um, as as I finished my preparation for this yesterday, I really felt like this was more a prophetic word to people than it was uh, primarily teaching. Okay, so I want you to receive this as a um, because there's nothing that I'm going to say this morning that's that's new. <laughs> I mean, it's not new stuff. Um, um, I'm going to talk about prayer this morning, but um, and my goodness, how many times has, has the message of prayer come in this house? And so I, I, I recognize that this is not necessarily new territory, but um, I want it to be fresh this morning because I believe that God does want to speak prophetically into some of your lives today. Um, I, and, and let me just humbly say, there, there are people in this in this building right now that that pray a lot more than I do. All right, so so I'm not I'm not putting myself forward here as as the ultimate example of prayer. I, I you know I, I pray regularly, I pray faithfully, um, uh, but hey, you know there's there's a lot of people right in this room that I respect so much for your life of prayer. It, it's humbling, it's beautiful, and and I honor you. So. Um, all right, so that, that's background. Um, <laughs> I, I, I read this, I, I thought it was cool. Um, I don't know exactly where it fits, but it's a funny story, so I'm going to tell it. <laughs> it's supposed to be a true story uh, on Mark Twain. Um, Mark Twain went to church one Sunday morning, and, and, and the preacher was, was, was giving a, a, a real push for that we need to give to, to reach the lost and and so as, as the pastor started talking, and then, um, Mark Twain decided he was going to give $40. That was a lot of money back then, you know. So he thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to do 40 Well, the preacher kept talking, you know, went on and on. And, and he dropped it to 25 <laughs> you know. And the preacher kept talking more. And, and finally, you know, after another 30 minutes of this, he dropped it to $5. And, and by the time the pastor was done and the offering was, was passed, Mark Twain took two dollars out of the offering. <laughs> How many have ever felt that? Sometimes, you know, I've I've been in services where actually they tucked my wallet right back in my pocket. All right, the offering's already been taken, by the way, so this, this does not have to do with the offering. But it does have to do with the message. Is that is that this morning? You know, sometimes we we can think length and all this kind of stuff is 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 somehow spirituality, and 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 I recognize that you're 
your brain can only take so much. And, and you're, you know, if you remember 10% of what I say, that's unbelievable. That's, I, I mean, it's wonderful. So, you know, so um, when, when Andrew said, you know, it would be all right if we had testimonies this morning. It wasn't like, well, of course not. You're breaking into my time. No, it's, you know, because this is, this is about, you know, the ministry of the body of Christ. And, and wasn't that fresh? I mean, I could just do a benediction this morning and send you home, and, and you've already heard a lot, right? How many would like me to do that? <laughs> Forget it! <laughs> All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this house. I, I thank you, God, that um, they just um, have received me with a lot of grace in this place and let me just kind of, at least I felt that way, I could just be who I am. And uh, thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, um, how that um, just, uh, if, if, <laughs> If my study doesn't benefit anybody else, it certainly benefited me in the process of preparing for this this morning and just um, reinstituting within me um, a hunger to be with you and recognizing the power of prayer. And uh, I just pray that you'll, uh, you'll do something new in many hearts today and just private, personal communion and communication with you, Lord. May it become vital, more vital in many lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Um, uh, as, as I said a couple weeks ago, Paul was in prison. Um, he had never visited Colossae. And... and, and uh, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Aristarchus, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings, and so does Mark, Barnabas's cousin. Uh, verse 18, um, uh, here is my greeting in my own handwriting, Paul. Remember my chains. May God's grace be with you. Isn't that an interesting connection there? Remember my chains. God's grace be with you. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing statement. Uh, so here Paul is in prison. Epaphras was an instru- was instrumental in bringing the gospel to Colossae. Maybe, maybe in some ways, just like just like Steve Stephen was sharing earlier. You know, a lot of stuff happened right out in the open, right out in the street. Um, but uh, Colossians chapter one, verse three: We always pray for you. We give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Um, Verse 7, you learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. And so here's this guy, Epaphras, you know, you know, Leading people to Christ, churches born in Colossae. Uh, many people come to Christ. It's marvelous. Um, and and when you read Colossians, I, I talked about Gnosticism last time. That was certainly a concern here. But Paul has great love and concern for these people, even though he had never met them. And and where I was going to start with this introduction was verse nine, where it says, 
So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. Um, Paul was absolutely convinced of the impacting power of prayer. He was convinced of it. He said, he said, ever since we heard about you guys, I have continued to pray for you. It wasn't that wasn't done out of form or ritual or just, you know, this is this is what I need to do. But it was it was done because he really believed in the power of prayer. He really did believe in it. Um, you know, we do. This is this is something that really struck me as I was thinking about this. We do what we truly believe in, and. And and if we if we are not people who pray, we find our our whole day filled with other things. We don't, you know, we don't take time to communicate with God on a regular basis. And I'm not talking about just just you know kneeling by your bed. That's great. That's wonderful. That that can be a part of it. But I mean, listen, moms, when you're when you're doing your dishes or you're or you're folding diapers, you know, guy, when you're clean, when you're when you're, oh, you don't fold diapers anymore, do you? Now, I, now you just see how old I am. Thank you for laughing. You just reminded me, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, sort of calling, yeah. So I, I mean, you know, you, you throw them away now, don't you? All right, you know, why don't you throw the diapers away? All right. Be praying, you know, guys. When you're changing the oil in the car and you're underneath, and, you, and the and the and the oil filter's not coming off, you know, just you know, you're on your back. It's dark down there. Nobody can hear you. Pray. I remember, I remember uh, years ago, I was out mowing the lawn. We were living in Iowa, and uh, it was hot. It was a hot summer day, and I was. I was out mowing, had the, I think I maybe told this story before here, but I, I'll think I'm going to tell it again because I was thinking about it this morning. I was out mowing and, 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 and the mower was loud, you know, and so, so I was just praying in tongues and just praying along and feeling the presence of God, you know, and, and, it, and it's hot and I'm sweating and I'm mowing and, 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 and you know, I just, it just felt so good out there in the presence of God and I, I just, I just, Pushed the mower forward a little bit and turned it off, and I just laid down on the grass, and uh, I was just laying there, just praying, worshiping God, and 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 Colleen looked out the back window, and <laughs> she saw me laying behind the the lawnmower. And her first thought is I had a heart attack. She come out running, Dave, Dave, you know you okay? You know, well, see, anywhere, any any time you can pray. I mean, prayer. Prayer isn't isn't just okay. I gotta put aside. Yes, it's good good to put aside that hour, a half hour, whatever. You know, as Warren knows, I like to walk and pray. I do that often because um, that's just I'm not very good praying when I'm just sitting. You know, my mind tends to wander, so I'm better off walking and praying. So we, we all have to find out what works for us, 
And, and of course, Paul didn't have a choice of doing what he was doing when he was, when he was chained between two guards. But, but he, was, he found that he could, he could pray in that context. But we will do what we really believe in. There's the old African story about, about um, when, when the gospel first came to Africa. And, 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 and it still may happen today, but people would, would actually go off into the bush to pray. And, and, and they would... Um, they, they each kind of had their own private place to pray, and so there were all these trails, all right, out, out in the bush. And, 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 the, and the wonderful statement, the encouragement of prayer, it was, was when a brother wasn't seen going out, they would say to him, we see grass on your path. <laughs> huh? Yeah. So uh, make sure there's no grass on your path. That you're regularly, regularly going to the place of prayer. Let's let's go to Matthew, Matthew chapter six. I wanna I wanna just quickly, and this is gonna be long, but I I wanna quickly walk through some principles of prayer that Jesus talked about. How many think Jesus is pretty good on prayer? Hmm? All right. So um, here here I'm I'm gonna read a little bit. Okay, and, and make a few comments. We're gonna, this is going to be long, so I'm going to just kind of walk through this. Matthew, Matthew 6, verse 5. When you pray, okay, okay, this is Jesus' words. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray... Go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, pray to your father in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. Then he's the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So forth. Okay. So, two principles Jesus gives here concerning prayer. All right? Prayer is not is not something that you do to prove to other people that you're spiritual. All right? So don't name call. Don't talk about it. Don't say, well, how many, how long did you pray today? You know, I mean, it's none of your business. <laughs> right? All right? So, so, you know, so, so, so don't use prayer as a means of super spirituality. That's what Jesus was saying. Secondly, don't think that Long prayers, lots of words, repetition. You say it over and 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 over again. You just keep saying it over and over and over and over and over. And eventually, if you say it 100,565 times, all of a sudden God's going to answer because you've now said it over and over and over and over and over. No, no. Jesus said, don't do that. Hey, and we as Pentecostals have kind of got into that. Okay. Just take it, say it over and 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 eventually God's gonna God's gonna answer you. Okay, so 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 motive here, motive. Don't think that God answers because you say it so many times. Motive. Okay. All right. That's all on that one. Uh, Matthew nine thirty six. <laughs> Principles here, okay? Matthew 9. You know, obviously we could spend a, you know, a whole month on, on just Matthew 6, but we're not going to. Matthew 9, 
36. Um, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his, to his disciples, the harvest is great, the workers are few. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Okay, so, you know, it's not, it's not up to me to, to, to put pressure on Tom. Okay? You know what I'm supposed to do? I'm going to pray the Lord. He's in charge of the harvest. He is the one who will then thrust out labors into the harvest field. Alright? M- much of my pray- praying is, is personal. Your, much of your praying is personal. You pray for your kids. You, pray, you know, for us, we pray for grandkids. I pray for my mom, who's 85 now. I pray for Colleen's parents, who are in their 80s as well. You, you know... You do the same thing. It's all appropriate and it should be a part of your prayer life. But hey, prayer is not just personal. It's not just about you and your family. Jesus said, look around you. Okay? Stephen helped us to open our eyes this morning. Look around you. See that there's great harvest. What should we do? Pray. Oh God, thrust out labors into your harvest field. Huh? All right? Is there any guilt in that? No guilt at all. Is there a manipulation? No manipulation in there. Not at all. It's it's God. It's up to you. You thrust that labors into your harvest field. But how many of us pray that regularly? Hardly any of us. Some of you do. I know that. But many of us, that's not a part of praying. We're not really focusing on the harvest. Okay? I honestly believe if the church would focus on the harvest in prayer of saying with passion, God, thrust out labors into your harvest field. All over St. Paul. All over Minneapolis. All over Minnesota. All over the world. You know. Now, there's Somalians here in, in the Twin Cities. And, and um, uh, and, and it's there are almost, to my knowledge, there are fewer Christians amongst the Somalians than almost any other people group in the world. I don't think there's even a church in Somalia, um, Christian church, that I'm aware of. There, there probably are hidden churches there, um, but not that we're aware of. And, and you know, this is just a, a, a personal thing for us. Um, you know, the ministry that I represent, one of the things we do is, is Islamic uh, ministry in television and radio. And um, believe it or not, there's some, some Somalians in Finland who got saved. And, and, and so what we do is we, we set up our, our studio so it looks like wherever country we're, we're trying to reach. So, so if it's Iran, then it looks like Iran. If it's, if it's Ukraine, it looks like Ukraine, whatever. So, so we... Uh, our guy Henny set up set up our studio to look like Somalia, and and he's been bringing Somalians in and 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 starting to do television programming, believing that God is going to open a door for us to preach the gospel in Somalia. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Well, that, that's a part of God answering that prayer, that the Lord would raise up laborers for the harvest because. You can't reach them like they can. Neither can I. 
but they can reach their own people powerfully. And, and, and so as we pray, God begins to do this in powerful and wonderful ways. All right, Matthew uh, 14, 22. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately after this, verse 22, uh, Jesus insisted that his disciples got back into the boat and crossed to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Um, This has always impacted me. You know, Jesus just saw in his own personal life... um, not only the desperate need to pray, but the hunger to be with his Father. I don't think Jesus did it just because, oh, i got to go pray. I think he did it because he really wanted fellowship with the Father. And the, fellowship, and the Father wanted fellowship with him. Do you? No, you don't. Neither do I. Do we realize how much God longs to be with us. <laughs> How many think God gets lonely for his people? You know, we're out skittering, running, doing this, doing that, even ministry. He says, hey, what about me? <laughs> Will you just take some time to be with me? Will you just take some time to be in my presence? Will you just enjoy being with me? Prayer. That's what it is. And Jesus did that. It wasn't ob- obligatory. It was desire. And I pray that, that God will begin to build that in us. Matthew 19, verses 13 and 14. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. Do you realize that most people that come to Christ, most come to Christ as children? Sorry, children's ministry, do you think is important? Absolutely. Do you think what's going back there is just kind of like one of those side issues that we just say, oh, that's just kid stuff, just babysitting. No, it's not just babysitting. You know, and... We need to understand the significance of the ministry to children because 80% of people who come to Christ come to Christ when they're young. It's, 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 it's the vast majority of people come to Christ as children. How many of you came to Christ as a child? Just raise your hand. Look around you. Look around you. Yeah, so many of us came to Christ as children, and I love, I love this. I love this about baby dedication. But you, as parents, would you regularly lay your hands on your children and bless them in the name of Jesus? Would you do that? <laughs> it's powerful. One one day, and I think I think Dave and Erica were home. Um, over a Christmas, and Ben was there, and Amy and James, you know, our kids. And um, they were all getting ready to go. I, th- I think I think you guys were there, and I I just felt impressed to to pray, to read, 
Moses' blessing over my children. God would bless them, keep them, make his face shine upon them. And you know what? I sensed a unique sense of the presence of God come upon our kids. Ben told me later, he said, that was a very profound moment for me, Dad. And as, as fathers and as mothers regularly pronounce blessing over your kids, not just when they're little, that's important, and keep doing it, but also when they're taller than you. <laughs> Put your hand on them. Bless them. Bless them. Pray blessing over them. You have authority in the name of Jesus as parents. Do it regularly. Do it often. Pray blessing over them. It's powerful. Luke 11. Verse 5. In teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine, just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And I suppose he calls and suppose he calls out from his bedroom, Don't bother me. Doors locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find keeping, keep on knocking, and the door will be open. And the parallel passage to this is Matthew chapter 7. It speaks of, if we in one text it says, do this, and he'll give the Holy Spirit. Another text he says, do this, and, and he'll give you what you need. So, you know, um, this, this almost sounds like a contradiction to what I said before, but do you see the distinction here? In, in the first, it's saying the same thing over and over, thinking that the many words of, of, of saying the same words over and over is what's powerful. And Jesus said, no, it's not powerful. But he does respond to persistence. Okay? Norm has persistently prayed for his son. That came out this morning from what Andrew said. All right? Persistence, persistence. Keep it up. Some of you have been praying five years, ten years, twenty years, maybe longer. Keep praying. Right, Matt? Keep praying. It works. It works. It works. You may not even see it in your lifetime. Keep praying. Keep praying. Don't ever give up. Keep praying. Keep saying, arise, O Lord. Keep, keep that before the Lord. God responds to that. He responds to persistence. He doesn't respond to just vain repetition. But he does respond to persistence, and that's important. Luke 18 is another issue here concerning prayer that I just want to touch on. One day Jesus told his disciples a, a story to show that they should always pray and, and never give up. And he, he speaks about the judge. We know that. Verse 6, Then the Lord said, Listen, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant them, uh, uh, grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Now, again, very similar here. 
about the whole issue of persistence and us not giving up. Very, very important. But I want to say something in relation... This is a principle. This is a principle of prayer. The reason I do silence right there because I want you to hear something else. Jesus is not saying that you will get everything you pray for. Really? Yes, really. You will not get everything you pray for. Jesus prayed in Luke chapter 22 and verse 42, just before he went to the cross. Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not your will, but mine be done. What did Jesus want? At that very moment, under the, under the pressure of all this, Jesus said, take this away from me. Did, did God do that? No, he did not do that. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, three times Paul prays that a messenger of Satan that had been sent to buffet him would be taken away and, and God said, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul, Paul then embraces that and said, okay, I will embrace my weakness because out of that will come God's strength. All right. So, so we need to understand these are not... These are principles of prayer. These are general principles of prayer that, that will encourage you to press into the presence of God. But, but do not get angry if you don't get everything you want. In fact, the scripture that talks about that God will give you the desires of your heart in the book of Psalms, all right, that's really, that's not talking about that God's going to give you everything you desire. It's saying that God will give you desires. He will give you desires. He will implant into you desires. And then he will bring those to pass. Okay. So, um, all right. Uh, where are we? I, we're done. All right. Um, the, the three prayers of Jesus on the cross, really neat. Father, forgive them. Okay? That's a whole message in itself. Luke 23, verse 34. Matthew 27, verse 46. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know what that is? That's honesty. Are, are you honest when you pray? Or, or are you telling God what you know, you know, you should say to God, theologically correct words? Or do you just kind of pour out your heart before God? And sometimes it's not very pretty. Do you know that's how God wants you to pray? He wants you to be honest with Him. He doesn't want you to be super spiritual. He wants you to be absolutely honest with Him. Luke 23, verse 43, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. Ultimately, prayer is humbly yielding yourself to God. That's really what prayer is. Humbly yielding yourself to God. And this is... This is, this is uh, the last of what I want to talk about this morning in closing. Ephesians 6, verse 18 says this, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And then 1 Corinthians 14. Well then, what shall we do? I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit 
and I will also sing in words I understand. And I just want to make a statement here this morning. God has given you spiritual language, and maybe before I'm out of here one day, I will actually kind of actually preach on the whole issue of spiritual language because I think it's, it's a very important issue that we deal with. But God has given you spiritual language not as a lapel pin that says, I've got it. That's not the purpose of spiritual language. Spiritual language is a tool that God has given you in the spirit realm to shift gears in prayer. There's two aspects of prayer. Both of them are important. Some people only pray in the spirit. They never pray in their understanding. Wrong. That's imbalance. We need to pray both. Some people always pray with their understanding, never pray in the Spirit. The Scripture says we're to do both. In fact, he says we're to worship both ways, with our understanding and in the Spirit. When was the last time you sung in the Spirit? Using your spiritual language to sing. When was the last time you spent a significant time praying in your spiritual prayer language? Some of you have not done that for years. You have spoken in tongues. You know what it's like to speak in your spiritual language, but you have not prayed in the Holy Spirit for years. Your spirit, therefore, has not been praying. Simply your understanding. There's these two levels. Both are important. I'm not minimizing. I shouldn't even do that. I should do this. Right. Huh? Because it's not, you know, because it, God, God gave you a brain on purpose. He wants you to pray with your understanding, but He also wants you to pray with your spirit. And your spirit prays through spiritual language. All right? So we need to pray in both areas. And this is a prophetic word to some of you this morning. God is saying to you, you need to release your spiritual language in prayer, in seasons of prayer, all the way to work. Pray in the spirit. All right? Some of you need to start doing that. You need to start practicing, praying with your spiritual language. You have not been there for a long time. And I will tell you this, that as you pray in the Spirit and with your understanding, greater wisdom and understanding and discernment will come to you. And you will begin to see things differently. Why? Because you are shifting gears in prayer. Shifting gears in prayer. And you are entering a dimension of prayer that you cannot enter simply with your logic mind. And for those of you that have not yet had the joy of, 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 of praying uh, with a spiritual language, pray for the impartation of that. It's a part of, 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 of experiencing the upon of the Spirit. And I'm not going to preach that message. But, but, but it is for you. It is for you, not as a lapel pin, but it is for you as a tool to enter the presence of God with a unique spiritual power. And God is saying to some people here today, you need to enter that realm powerfully. Because many of the things that you are seeking will come as a result of that. There is the huge detour of discouragement that leads to cynicism, and unbelief when it comes to prayer. And, and, and it happens, it can happen to all of us. Um, but I want to encourage you this morning to enter in.
to the presence of God. I'm going to just close with one scripture this morning. Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Did you hear that? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned, everything you've heard. Then the, then the God of peace will be with you. There it is. The God of peace will be with you in spite of all your circumstances. Father, this morning... <laughs> It's felt like such a totally different message. And my desire this morning was simply to not so much preach, but impart something into the heart's of people, a hunger for your presence, a hunger to be with you. A passion to pray in the spirit and to pray with their understanding. Stepping into deeper waters in prayer. Lord we don't want uh, to be called a house of prayer for all nations just on our website or on our building. We want it to be true because it's true about us personally. We are a house of prayer. This body is a house of prayer for all nations. Pray it would be so in the name of Jesus. Move significantly, powerfully in our lives by the power of your Spirit. 